Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Jersey Joe Show for November 10th, 2019. Democrats dominating the headlines as Mayor Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York City, enters the presidential race, an already crowded field, as Democrats continue their efforts to impeach Donald Trump. They have announced, Adam Schiff has announced, that he will be bringing three witnesses before the committee to testify on Wednesday in, one, in what they hope will be uh, a, I guess, um, assault on the president's character in the court of public opinion because the text, as I have posted on the Jersey Joe website, shows no quid pro quo. The text is not there. There is no high crime. But the court of public opinion is where much of the political debate is decided. And of course, to kind of lay it all out with me today is the lovely Cindy Gross, who joins me uh, tonight. How are you, Cindy? I'm doing well. You are. Th- that was a short answer. You're, you have a little scar there on your upper lip. What happened? Uh, well, I have a cat. <laughs> I have three cats. And one of my cats caught a virus. So, like the good meow me I am, I took him to the vet and tried to give the medicine. And like the typical child. Yes, they resisted. resisted, and so I got a scratch. And of course, I only have this week four black tie galas, huge events with major celebrities and politicians and public figures. And I have to go with my big scratch right oh, across my on. face. You ladies have figured it all out. There'll be a little that what that cover up stuff that you guys use or you ladies use. Well, I guess some guys too, but you, you'll you figure it out. You look f- fabulous. And, uh, of course, we uh, are in the midst of, I guess, all of this uh, news, and you're still going to parties. How about that? Well, I am a staunch Jewish activist and Zionist, and uh, you're going to find out about one of the events a little later with one of our guests. Yes, Morton A. Klein, the president of Zionist Association of America. Zionist Organizations of America. He's the national president, and he is really considered probably the most important Jew in America. He's so important that Yasser Arafat threatened to assassinate him. Wow, that's a big deal. So he joins us in uh, segment two. You'll want to stick around for that. I've actually uh, done a little research on the gentleman, and he's A fascinating guy. Uh, Last week, uh, we had a student ambassador for Turning Point USA on the show, and he actually, um, uh, Mr. Uh, Klein, sat before the Judiciary Committee earlier this year, along with um, the young lady from from Turning Point uh, USA, and they spoke to what I believe are related issues in the um, ongoing political dialogue, and that is that the idea of victimhood has been used as a way to lure um, blacks to the voter ranks on the Democrat Party or to the Democrat Party, as well as to, you know, in uh, to welcome uh, women, gays, uh, Hispanics, my own community, into uh, that party. Uh, and it's often been uh, something to be, I don't think it's something that you should tout. Victimhood is never something to tout. It happens to those of us who are unwilling to accept it, but to march it out there as a reason to join a party is never 
what I would consider a, you know, a good thing. Uh, and unfortunately, it's used quite often. So we'll talk about that and many other things with Mr. Klein. I look forward to that a little later on. Of course, your opinions on uh, Mr. Bloomberg uh, getting in the race? So my question is, and I can say it as a Jewish activist, in a party that has an agenda that is so anti-Israel and who's being led by people like AOC, where do they think a 77-year-old Jewish man is going to fit in this picture when they have Bernie Sanders? It seems like, you know, there's not much uh, demarcation between what's currently in the race and what might be joining it, uh, because there are others who are also being rumored to be in consideration. None of them. Yes, Eric Holder, I keep hearing, and he's considering it because of the failures of Cory Booker and Camilla Harris. So there we we have a, a platform of candidates that have failed to ignite any kind of energy on the Democrat side. And the reason um, this is even more of an admission of weakness for the Democrats is that if any of them were gaining traction, none of this none of these possible uh, entrances would be even considered, right? So you have I'm to think... I'm not so see sure. This. I think that they want to see and play the field more. I think that there are a lot of egos that think they could be president. And truthfully, uh, they think that um, this false narrative is falling apart in Washington. And they more than think it. They know it. They see what's going on. And it's not getting the traction they thought it would and support. They are not, if you look at the numbers, the, the Democrats are staying with impeachment, the Republicans are staying with Trump, and there's no movement. So this is really going to be another loss. And of course, I can't wait for this week when uh, Jim Jordan goes on to the uh, committee and is going to just uh, go after them all. And the list that they brought in yesterday for witnesses it's going to be a major victory for not only President Trump, but for Congress and anybody who is running in major elections. Here's what is probably going to go down. I, you know, I used to think of the Democrats as I never really respected their ideas and positions, but they were very good strategists, but they were never faced a president who's given it back as hard as this one does. Um, we have um, President Trump is a fighter and he doesn't take anything lying down. And he generally, um, he doesn't uh, he doesn't come out with the first shot, but he's a great counter puncher. He's always said that. And this list of uh, witnesses um, do, does not include the whistleblower. Okay, and the whistleblower whose name has been published out there, I know who it is, many people know who it is, we're not going to mention it on air, his name on air, but certainly it's not a mystery, but those who are saying, those who are saying that they are not, um, that he is not going to be called to testify, say it because he will be open to uh, questioning by the Republicans. Okay, and it will be shown that he had an association with Adam Schiff that goes back and predates when he kind of called out what he believed was quid pro quo. And it would seem a little odd that the person who heads the committee uh, would be calling someone who he said he never met to testify before the committee. And that will 
open up a can of worms. So that's why they are not allowing the whistleblower to testify. I still am going to agree and and uh, support my statement that I said when I was here the last time. This is all going to end up going directly to Obama, directly to the White House, directly to John Kerry, and directly to Hillary Clinton. And Biden will be involved also. And that's exactly how this is going to play out during the next three, four months. And the American people are finally going to get some answers. And as this is going on, there's something else that happened this week that was major. Uh, The Trump, the Black Voices for Trump Coalition uh, started, came out. And more and more minorities are going to go with Trump as the the blue state uh, cities are falling apart. California, Trump has been raising more money than all the candidates combined. New York is a mess. So this is just going to play out and play out and play out. And health care is not addressed. Infrastructure is not addressed. So let it go on. There are plenty of um, policies that have never even reached the floor of the House because they have been busy. And they have been busy uh, obstructing. Um, And despite the obstruction, President Trump has done quite a lot. Uh, Of course, you know, we've had the the tax. uh, That was his first, you know, opening salvo was the... um, the, the, the uh, reduction of uh, taxes. And of course, there was the nomination of the two Supreme Court justices. And there have been rollbacks of regulation that have freed up businesses to operate uh, in a much better business-friendly environment. Uh, there are many things that this president can tout. How uh, the announcement of, pres- of uh, Bloomberg into the field change- changes anything is beyond me. Uh, I consider him to be uh, what I said on my Facebook uh, page uh, as too rich, uh, too white uh, for a party that doesn't seem to invite uh, and too male (laughs) for a party that does not seem to have affinity for any of those uh, groups. So when he was mayor, because he, you know, he has an ego bigger than Trump's, he actually made himself a third term when it was never done before. And when Giuliani wanted it, it wasn't done. He made deals with the teachers unions that were unprecedented. By the time he left the city, race relations were so bad among whites and minorities. It was such a big shift from the first term until the third term. A lot of people want to push him because they have ties to him and want business out of him. But the reality is America doesn't want him. He's not going to resonate with middle America. And I don't really think, um, and you see this with Bernie Sanders, they don't want a white Jewish 70-year-old man in office. I think really that you can say it as we both have in those kinds of terms. But if you look at the the policies of uh, Mayor Bloomberg in New York City, where he started becoming this the, the head of the nanny state, and you couldn't even buy soft drinks of a particular size anymore, they the American people are not accustomed to that kind of. Um, uh, it is a they're they don't like co- being coerced into doing things that are not uh, really. 
You should be able to drink whatever you want in whatever size you want without penalty. And it seems a little odd that in the city as large as New York, as opinionated as New York, that you would even have that be an issue. But he made it one. He made it one because, like you said, he is an ego he has an ego driv- uh, that's bigger than, you know, I don't know if it's bigger than Trump's. I, I won't go as far, as far as to say that, but certainly large enough to do that and think it can um, uh, impose it on the city of New York is a little ridiculous. I, I totally agree with you. Also, you forget during his uh, time as mayor, we started with these bicycle uh, routes and everything. And now you cannot come into the city. People want to run away from New York. It started actually with him. And yes, it and escalated with de Blasio yes. to a point of craziness, but it started under Bloomberg. 1-800-321-0710. 1-800-321-0710. Weigh in on what you think the possibility of uh, Mayor Bloomberg assuming front uh, leadership status among the uh, contenders is, uh, given the fact that no one seems to be getting any traction. I don't think Elizabeth Warren's uh, announcement for the $52 billion health care overhaul was going to make her a front runner. I'll just leave you with two things I read today. Number one, Bloomberg wants to follow the Giuliani strategy when Giuliani ran for president. And we know that was a failure and it really ended very quickly. Number one, that's when he, wanted to, was, he was waiting until the Florida primary correct. to jump in. And then in. to go into Super Tuesday. And um, Giuliani was more popular at that time than Bloomberg is now and better, more well-known. And also, I read that there's going to be a lot coming out about him with uh, womanizing and things that came out that were inappropriate. So really? that's going to be very interesting to see if those were accurate stories. I just saw it today. I don't know how accurate, I, but it has been out there. It's been on websites, et cetera. So we'll see what is going to come out. Okay, so a lot of surprises still in store. We have a whole year to go. So, uh, you know, it should be an interesting uh, and winding road. Um, th- but I, I think all, when all is said and done, uh, President Trump is going to have a second term, and I think that his electoral victory will be even more impressive than the last one, uh, although uh, most of us are not going to be surprised by it, although you know, the Democrats will still remain shell-shocked and probably still be whining all the way through the second term. Well, I could just add to you, the last time we were here, we had a very, well, I was here, we had a very special guest, my friend Burgess Owens. He announced this week he's going to be running for Congress in uh, Utah. And there are many, many other people that are very well uh, connected to Trump that are going to run to support him. So this is going to have an excellent effect on the uh, House and the Senate if this keeps on going the way it's going. And uh, the House is critical, folks. You know that we uh, lost it in the last midterm. And to regain, um, I guess, to get back on track and to put all of this this uh, Russian collusion nonsense and this impeachment nonsense behind us, we are going to need uh, a uh, Republican-led House. So we have to secure that uh, so that uh, President Trump's agenda will be fulfilled. And maintain the Senate. Yes, of course. Uh, We need all three uh, branches to go forward and fulfill the return to greatness that uh, President Donald Trump ran on and so far has been um, 
pretty successful in, in, in achieving, despite the obstruction. Uh, and remember, that wall won't get built without all three branches of government in the Republican column. This is the Jersey Joe Show on The Voice of New York, 710WOR. When we come back from the break, the president of the Zionist Organization of America, Morton A. Klein, joins us. Back after the break. If you're a business, let ProLine Filters, Inc., be your one-stop shop for all your filter replacement needs. Air, glass, liquid, water filters, you name it, they got it for over 20 years. ProLine has been committed to serving the aviation, industrial, and utility marketplaces, and their customers couldn't be more satisfied. From aviation and industrial hose to all types of pressure gauges, if they don't carry it, they'll find it. A family business since 1993, they pride themselves on attentive customer service, and they are dedicated to making sure you get what you need as soon as possible. For competitive pricing, integrity, quality, and service, call ProLine Filter Systems today at 732-938-5460 or email them at proline1142 at aol.com. Again, write it down now to avoid problems tomorrow, 732-938-5460 or the email address proline1142 at aol.com. And remember to let them know Jersey Joe sent you. Proline Filter Systems is a certified small and woman-owned business. Your competition and your prospective customers are using social media. Are you? If not, then you're missing out on a valuable resource to help grow your business, nonprofit, or campaign. A website alone cannot generate the traffic you need to make your business successful. Don't leave your business on the sidelines any longer. ColumbusStrategies.net will implement a social media strategy that will help you target prospects, build relationships, and grow your business. ColumbusStrategies.net was created with a small business owner in mind. We know that you wear many hats in the daily operation of your business. ColumbusStrategies.net will put together and maintain your social media marketing and website updates so you don't have to at a price you can afford. You will be able to spend your time doing what you do best while feeling confident that the social media marketing aspect of your business is in capable hands. Contact ColumbusStrategies.net today to get your business up and running on social media. Regular listeners of the Jersey Joe Show know Noah and I share a huge passion for classic TV and film. Well, not too long ago, I met a fantastic fan of the silent film genre. He's built a great business into a unique venture where he sells the most incredible vintage entertainment. You must visit realclassicdvd.com. This definitive one-stop source for classic films includes amazing silent gems from way back. And their collection includes classics from the sound era featuring Errol Flynn, Marie Dresler, John Barrymore, Peter Laurie, W.C. Fields, and even Babe Ruth. And their silent collection features the likes of Charlie Chaplin, Mabel Norman, D.W. Griffith, Lon Chaney, Our Gang, and so many more. Many uniquely presented with their own custom music scores, too. All digitally mastered from the best available film elements. To get their catalog of vintage films from almost every genre, comedy, mystery, horror, drama, musical, visit realclassicdvd.com. That's real with two E's. And remember to let them know Jersey. Joe sent you. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. You know, as we ran that last sponsor, Cindy said, I'm a fan too. I'm a fan too. So we welcome um, Real Classic. Uh, uh, Real Classic Video as a new sponsor to the show. Very excited about that. You have any old favorite classic film? So in my former life, I used to travel. My third grandma was Alice Faye. 
I was very close with Alice. Wow, you were very cl- Yes, because we uh, we toured the country with Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, but she treated me like her granddaughter. Whatever she bought for herself, she bought for me. She had in her contract that I had to share her suite with her. It oh, was the best. I mean, I toured like with Sid Charisse, Sid Charisse and Miller. I mean, I love all that stuff. I, I mean... I cried when Robert Osborne passed away last year. No, real classic video. You'll have to jump on that site. I absolutely will. Throw in a couple of orders. So um, let's go to a caller. Uh, Gordon from Brooklyn joins us. Hi, Gordon. Welcome to the show. Uh, Nice to talk to you, Joe. Uh, I I just want to make a brief point about uh, uh, Michael Bloomberg's uh, possible entry into the uh, um, presidential campaign. Uh, as I recall, uh, several months ago, at the near the beginning of the campaign, another uh, Jewish billionaire named Howard Schultz, uh, I think that's his name, he's the uh, founder of the Starbucks company. Yes, yes, of course. He uh, had some thoughts about getting in, but uh, he uh, got a lot of... Um, negative comments and uh, never never became a candidate. So if uh, Bloomberg does get in, his uh, success certainly isn't assured in the uh, current uh, the current way the Democrat Party is uh, structured, how left-wing it is at this time. Yeah, I, I you know, I said too rich, too white, too male. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, and that's not a stretch. Uh, we have seen terrible, terrible things, allegations made against uh, Supreme Court nominees that were that were completely uh, fabricated uh, in a circus of events uh, last year. Uh, speaking of uh, Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation hearings, and certainly uh, there is, uh, it's interesting because there is a dichotomy between those. Democrats in office who are quite wealthy and them uh, professing to be the, I guess, proponents of the working class. I actually think that that model has shifted and you'll find a lot more um, Republicans who represent that kind of working class constituency in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, the states that were critical to President Trump's victory. Thank you, Gordon, for the call and the perspective. Um, We are happy to welcome uh, President of the Zionist Organization of America, Morin A. Klein, to the show for the first time. Cindy, why don't you tell us a little bit about your association with Mr. Klein? Well, out of all the guests that I brought to the show when I've been here the past two years, Mort and I have a, a really close relationship. I consider him a mentor. I've seen him at work. He is one tough cookie to work with and work for because he demands the best. But I could tell you on a personal note, he's also a soft pussycat. He's a wonderful, devoted family man. He has a wonderful wife, devoted grandfather, father, and he is a strong Zionist. And let me explain something, why I like Zionist and the Zionist organization. I happen to work and I have a lot of followers that are Christian Zionist, people that are not Jewish, minority Zionist. Even though we are a Jewish organization, we are a Zionist organization. We work with Christians. We work with all kinds of people that believe in Israel, its existence, its history, and fighting anti-Semitism. And this is an organization that works. I will share with you, and I'm sure we'll go through some things just in the past week that uh, ZOA achieved. And um, 
I'll let Mort explain now, let's more get about right it. to it. Welcome to the show, Mr. Klein. How are you? Okay. <clears throat> Great to be with you on a on a, a cool November night. Ah, yes. Very, very chilly. And, uh, I, you know, I, I want to ta- talk a little bit about, in my due diligence in preparing for tonight's show, uh, I went onto YouTube and I pulled up a video of your uh, your testimony before the Judiciary Committee last April when you sat alongside um, mm-hmm. Turning Point USA's Candace Owens. Candace Owens. And I, I was quite impressed with the way you handled the questioning because there seemed to be an immediate antagonism being uh, you know uh, thrown your way by the chairman, uh, Nadler. Uh, what compelled you to sit before the committee and tell your story and um, you know what do you think is driving the current Democrat party well I testified because they invited me to testify one can't just simply make a call and said I'll be there tomorrow Uh, so that's why I testified and my testimony was about Islamic anti-semitism which is something that's really uh, not been talked about much we hear a lot about whites white supremacist anti-Semitism, which of course is a factor, but nobody talks about, almost nobody talks about Islamic anti-Semitism. That's what I testified about. I explained that in the major polls, when you look at Muslims around the world, 49% are anti-Semitic. Can you imagine that? Half the Muslims in the world are anti-Semitic. And when you go to the Muslim countries around Israel, you know, Lebanon, Syria, Libya, uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, Iran, 75 to 95% of the, of the Muslims in the Middle East are anti-Semitic. This is one of the reasons why peace has been so impossible to obtain. This is a religious where there's enormous Jew hatred. And here in America, as I explained, <laughs> there have been a number of Muslim attacks against Jews and others, but also specifically against Jews. And one of the frightening things that's going on that almost no one talks about is imams. Muslim imams in mosques around the country are preaching to kill Jews. Yes, it's painful for me to say it. They're preaching to have death to the Jews, wipe out the Jews, destroy the Jews. And I'm very worried that we're going to have, God forbid, more attacks by Muslims against Jews because of what we're hearing in these mosques. When we've gotten in touch with the board members of those mosques to fire these imams, they refuse. Uh, and when we've asked Congress to get involved, the only person that's taken a real action to try and do something about this is Brad Sherman, happens to be a Democrat from California, but they've uh, ignored his pleas uh, as well. Uh, but as soon as I talked about the Muslim anti-Semitism within the Democratic Party, namely Congresswoman Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib from Minnesota and Michigan, as soon as I mentioned that and I talked about the fact that the Democrats have not only not condemned them, but they've defended them. And they've even watered down, watered down the, um, you know, the, the, uh, the well, they, they kind of slapped them on the, on, the, on the wrist. It was really they not a big deal. They never mentioned them. Can you imagine if priests or rabbis had said the same thing uh, against any other, uh, any other, uh, you know, um, had said something against the Muslim imam? That would be, you know, of course, another story altogether. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Pelosi and, and, and Stephanie, Stanny Hoyer and other Democrats have publicly defended these anti-Semites. It's actually frightening. And Senator Charles Schumer has said nothing about these anti-Semites. Believe me, if these people were making statements against African-Americans or Hispanics or gays 
all hell would break loose. And yet when they condemn Jewish people, it's ignored. It's a frightening situation, and we as the are fighting hard to try and uh, expose this and, and to stop this type of, uh, of horror. So one of the uh, accomplishments and achievements you had this week, Thursday, Zia, one thing about ZOA, and I suggest every listener immediately go get on the ZOA website, join them, and get their emails because ZOA actually acts and follows it up. They had a major victory against uh, an important legal victory against the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill because of the anti-Semitism on that campus. You want to talk about that a little bit? Because you guys are one of the leaders fighting the uh, campus anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism. Well, uh, there's a a law called Title VI of the Civil Rights Act, which uh, protected uh, uh, hostility toward uh, minorities, blacks, uh, Hispanics, and such. It did not include Jews. We fought for three years and got that change, that now Title VI uh, defends Jewish people who are suffering discrimination and anti-Semitism on campuses. We used this law by filing a a legal complaint against the University of North Carolina uh, to the U.S. government uh, because they've had one-sided, it's worse than one-sided, they've had vicious anti-Israel programs where they've actually called for Israel's destruction. They've had songs sung at some of these programs where the people singing it actually say, join me in this anti-Semitic song. Can you imagine? Join me in this anti-Semitic song, and then all the people sing together. Well, we filed a legal complaint against this, that this violates Title VI, and we are, I'm happy to say that last week we got a letter from the uh, civil, uh, Office of Civil Rights uh, in the Department of Education saying that uh, uh, they've been in, t- in touch with the University of North Carolina, and University of North Carolina now has promises to make public statements against anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. They have to do that. They're going to have uh, training programs for professors and students about what that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism and vice versa, uh, essentially. And uh, they're, they're going to be monitored by the U.S. government for three years now. So this sends a, a tremendous message to all the universities, that if they allow these types of vicious anti-Zionist programs on campus, largely funded and promoted by Students for Justice in Palestine, a vicious anti-Israel, anti-Semitic group, if they continue to allow this, uh, they could lose their federal funding. So this was a huge victory we, we had uh, only last week. And I might say, when we asked other Jewish groups to join us in, the, in, the, these, uh, in this lawsuit and other lawsuits of this nature, they've refused. We are almost the only Jewish group that's taken this tact. And when we fought to change Title VI to cover Jews, not until the very end did any Jewish group join us. So, so of course, uh, uh, Mr. Klein, um, you know, on, I guess, the 81st anniversary of Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass, uh, you know, actually November 8th, 1938, um, November 9th, 1938, uh, when the anti-Jew demonstrations took place across Germany and other areas of Europe. Uh, But despite that, and despite that commemoration, uh, and I am proud to say that uh, my mother's Dominican and the Dominican Republic was one of the few countries that offered safe haven to the Jewish people. So I'm very proud to have uh, to be to have that among my heritage. I have many uh, Jewish friends. Um, So despite all of the history and what history has taught us, you still see so many 
Jews who vote Democrat, despite all of what history tells you and the current state of the Democrat Party, which is just outrageous. How do you explain that? It's yeah, it's it's mind boggling, isn't it? I have to be careful. I'm a nonprofit, so I can't act as if I'm promoting any party over another. I will publicly say that virtually every Democratic candidate for president is hostile to Israel. Virtually every one of them, uh, which has never been the case for decades. So it's a new era where the Democratic so many members of the Democratic Party have been hostile to Israel, including their leading candidates for president. I think Jews, because of our history of of persecution and hatred and pogroms and holocaust, we become so frightened of the (laughs) non-Jew that we want to support all sorts of government programs to help non-Jews, to protect non-Jews. And, of course, it's the Democratic Party that promotes very expensive programs that could really bankrupt this country. And uh, I think Jews feel... Uh, uh, more comfortable supporting these programs, saying to people, you see, we want to help everyone, don't hate us. So I really think it's a psychological problem as to why Jews tend to be so liberal. Uh, that's the best explanation I can give. But uh, So as right he was now, saying, oh, as he was saying what, I just wanted to emphasize this is, ZOA is a 501c3, and we tr- they work very hard. I say we because I'm so involved with some of the activities there. For example, on Friday, ZOA publicly praised Biden and Nadler for condemning candidates who want to cut aid to Israel because Warren and Sanders and Buttigieg have been so strong about that. It's not that ZOA or other Jewish organizations don't want to work with them. It's who wants to work with us. Am I right when I say that, Mort? Yes, that's right. And we did praise uh, Biden and and, and Nadler, two Democrats, because they condemned condemned Senator Warren, Senator Sanders, Peter Buttigieg for publicly saying we should consider cutting aid to Israel and punishing Israel in other severe ways. Shocking. And uh, so we did praise those two. We're totally nonpartisan. When Democrats do good things, we praise them. When Republicans do good things, we praise them, and vice versa. So more than one of the re- I, one of the reasons I did ask uh, Jersey Joe to have you on tonight is because of where we're going to be next Sunday night, and I hope the weather is a little warmer. It is the annual gala, and to me, and I go to a lot of Jewish organization events, and so do you, and we know a lot of public figures and celebrities. I consider the ZOA gala in the city the highlight of Jewish organization uh, events of the year. So I'm very excited for it next year, and I want uh, the next week, and I want you to tell the audience a little bit about it. Well, it's next Sunday night, uh, 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 March uh, November 17th, at the Marriott Marquis Hotel in on Times Square. Uh, we already have over a thousand people coming. There's still a few seats left. Uh, we have. Uh, Congress, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, one of the greatest friends of Israel in the country, uh, Ambassador Danny Danone, the Israel ambassador to the United Nations, have uh, Judge Janine Pirro from Fox News, a fabulous friend of Israel and America. Uh, we have Rita Cosby, who is the MC, a well-known uh, TV personality. And we have a major mystery guest that I'm not allowed to say for security reasons. A major member of the White House uh, will also be there. Uh, so uh, it's going to be really a very exciting event. We hope uh, 
that all of you will try to make it. Uh, you can call our office at 212-481-1500, 212-481-1500, or go on our website, zoa.org, where you'll see all of our releases and articles as well. And uh, it, it's going to be really a, an extraordinary event. As I said, we already have over 1,000 people coming, but we do have a few seats left for uh, all those who would be interested. And it's also on my website and, and my Facebook and, and social media places, and anybody who wants to, they could get it through me as well. And I will gladly give up my seat if somebody wants to come to support the organization. Oh, no, Cindy won't. She <laughs> wants to be at the party. You know that, right, Mort? Thank you, Mort. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure uh, getting to know a little bit about you and uh, keep up the great work. And uh, I wish you great success and have a great time next week. Um, hey, we thank, thank you, you for good. joining us. Good night. My only question to yes. a Dominican is this: ah. You hit like Sammy Sosa. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sammy Sosa, we produce great ball players. I will say that on the island of the Dominican Republic, and I can say that because I am Dominican. Thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, we'll see you uh, at the party. Uh, This is the Jersey Joe Show on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. When you're traveling to Jersey City via the Holland Tunnel and you exit on the Jersey side, make sure you take the first Exxon on the right. You heard me, the first Exxon on the right. That's the Holland Tunnel Exxon. Let them pump your gas because in New Jersey... We still let you stay in your car. You need a U-Haul? Make it a one-stop shop. Ask about their U-Haul rates. They will pump your gas and make your next move real easy. For U-Haul reservations on the Jersey side, call 201-610-0782. Again, call 201-610-0782 and let them know Jersey Joe sent you. Beardsley Events, LLC, is a full-service event planning company serving the New Jersey, New York, and Tri-State area. We help our clients with every detail throughout the entire process, giving great ideas along with working with talented and dependable vendors to bring your vision to life. We are a one-stop shop with flower walls, floral decor, candy buffets, and a large variety of decor rentals. If full planning is not needed, we can assist with our partial planning or month-day of coordination services. We combine these services to offer a fantastic discount to our clients. We work on the planning timeframe, project management, planning budget, marketing, promotion, and finally creating a meticulous timeline for the day. Our team consistently provides amazing results and will work to stay within your budget. No matter the event, weddings, bar and bat mitzvahs, galas, grand openings, product launches, or corporate events, we've got you covered. That's beardsleyevents.com. Jersey Joe has come a long way on Facebook thanks to all of you who continue to support his page. For all his latest commentary and to listen to the podcast, be sure to like the Jersey Joe Show Facebook page and visit the show website, thejerseyjoeshow.com. You can also email questions and comments to jerseyjoe2018 at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at jerseyjoeshowwor 710 Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Jersey Joe, Cindy Gross here. Um, so the we often go down my Facebook timeline to talk about what's, you know, what's uh, resonating. Uh, the most highly responded to uh, uh, post on my website this week was the fact that uh, 
the Me Too crew wasn't out protesting in front of ABC and NBC and the palace in uh, in England, uh, you know, after the allegations of uh, a journalist at ABC that she, her, her story on Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, was not allowed to air. And it was quite, uh, it's another Project Veritas uh undercover piece that showed a great deal of support for, you know, this known, you know, allegedly, okay, support for this, this, this evil person who was obviously killed. I'm more fascinated. How did that happen? I know, I know you're going to get to that, but how does that? I'm more fascinated with now what came out about all the people saying it's a homicide. Really? Jeffy Epstein. Oh, no, please. I, I, I maintain that, that he was taken out, I believe. Uh, and, you know, you kind of connect all the dots and you but can the see coroner, that happening. The coroner and now other people are starting to say it. I think I, I saw his brother was starting to question it. I think that we're going to have... This is all going to tie together, and it's not going to just be ABC or CBS. You're going to see this all over. There's going to be a chain reaction. Well, there's been a drip, 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 drip for many, many years, um, you know, behind the scenes. But now it's all being publicly, you know, it's out on, you know, over the air, and it's becoming common knowledge. Some of the shenanigans, and I don't think it's going to bode well for, you know, the broadcast networks because of their their credibility. I think it's going to take a hit. It's already taken a hit, obviously, uh, from journalists who don't respect their, um, who don't keep their opinions in check, and who allow them to spill over into their, you know, news broadcasts. You can either be a commentator or you can be a news journalist who. It's supposed to be unbiased and basically report the news. But, you know, I'll challenge anyone to find something like that anywhere. Uh, you know, I think that everyone brings a certain amount of their own personality to news delivery. But it used to be a little different where at least there were benchmarks and there were guidelines that would dictate um, how the news was r- reported. Of course, Walter Cronkite was known to be a liberal, but he was pretty much um, he delivered the news in a fairly unbiased manner, at least for his half hour on the air. And I don't think that you can say that about anyone currently on the air on any network. Do you disagree? You're looking at me kind of side-eyed. Well, I'm thinking along the lines of this is a big part because of commentary news. It's also a big part because there are so many ways to get news, so many outlets. You've got to be entertaining. You've got to make your name. I mean, everybody wants to be Sean Hannity. Everybody wants to be Rush Limbaugh, you know? Everybody wants to be Mark Levin. And how are you going to get that way? You got to figure it out and you got to be creative. That's the way we are. Well, that's fine. But then you can kind of label yourself as, you know, a, you know, a commentator. Uh, but you certainly can't go out there uh, and claim that you're reporting news when you're re- reporting or advocating for one side of the other. And I think that the suppression of a story of that magnitude, uh, given, you know, what was already public, um, damages the credibility of the ABC News organization. And that obviously follows what happened with, you know, Lauer, right? 
Well, yes, but it's very interesting. It's ABC because another person whose name has been floating around the presidential arena is the ABC head, Bob Iger. Yes, I know. I know. And I have to I think that there are things that he's even said in the past that will bring him under great scrutiny. And we'll cover it when he when if and when and if he makes that announcement. But, you know, I started I worked at ABC uh, in the late 80s. At the time, it was it was uh, run by Capital Cities. It was Capital Cities ABC. And uh, the chairman was Tom Murphy, a very respectable guy from a very respectable family who basically rejuvenated ABC, made it not only um, uh, profitable, um, but he basically um, started a, an era of success, of early success in the late 80s um, through the early 90s. And that was pretty much uh, what my tenure there was about three years in the late 80s, early 90s. And it was a great time to be there. Uh, and I, I just, I know people who are still there who are very unhappy with the, the, what comes with that kind of bombshell announcement. It affects the spirit of the organization. Don't you agree? Well, I think there was even a better story at ABC this week. And my better story was... Well, first of all, congratulations to Donald Trump Jr. on Triggered and the mega success of his new book that came out this week. And congratulations to him for putting all the women on The View, including those two phony Republican women, in their place. I'm sorry, McCain's get over it. You lost the election in 2008, and you just can't get over it. You're just like Mitt Romney. And Abby Huntsman, your father, is still an ambassador under the Trump administration. Keep quiet. I had no idea that um, under, you know, that quiet demeanor of Abby's lied this person. I'm shocked at how she's, she's changed from when she was at Fox and now is on The View. It's just something that is, I think, infectious on that show that you just become a very, very uh, angry person. It's like the White House. The White House is filled with the deep state and people who are not on the Trump team. In fact, Coming into the city today, I was reading an article in the Washington Post about the new book from Nikki Haley, and she actually calls out two of the people in the Trump administration that were there that were against Trump working for him. And one of the problems that Trump has is that so many people that claim they're Trump or claim they're working as Republicans are doing everything behind his back to hurt him. As somebody who works on the campaign and volunteers on it and is involved, I cannot tell you how many people are claiming they're Trump supporters and working for the campaign and have access to the White House when they're filling their pockets with money and they're misleading the people that they want to embrace and get attention from. Well, I'm sure you'll say that for one of your uh, features next year. Tell us about Veterans Day. There's something going on tomorrow. Who's coming into town? We're making history in New York with our president. He is actually going to be the first president who was asked and accepted. And from what I understand, he's already in New York. He is going to lead the Veterans Day parade. He has done more for veterans, I think, than all the other presidents combined. Well, there was a big overhaul in the uh, Veterans Administration, and um, certainly uh, 
I think he has the full support of the military, given what he's done to, I guess, increase the. Uh, I mean, he's made he's made our weaponry uh, or work to make our weaponry up to date and to fund the, you know, the um, our defense department. So, I, I think that he'll have a very very uh, friendly crowd. Uh, to speak before tomorrow. I actually want to uh, make my first public endorsement of uh, the upcoming 2020 election season. I am endorsing conservative Paul A. Duggan for Congress to represent New Jersey's uh, uh, Congressional District 5. Uh, and I believe that he is the man to help um, President Trump uh, take the House in 2020. And I We'll be talking more about that in the and upcoming season. And that's Josh Gottheimer, is he correct? Yes. So let me tell you about Josh, because I know Josh, and I, as he's he is a Jew, and he does come to a lot of events, including ZOA events. He's a nice guy, and he claims to be a moderate. However, he voted for impeachment. So just think of how that affects you in New Jersey. And I have the same problem where I live. We have a wonderful congresswoman. I respect her as a woman. I respect her as a friend, Kathleen Rice. Again, I voted for impeachment, and this is going down the line of a lot of moderate Democrats. It's time to say goodbye to them. They are ineffective. You're going to see people like Elliot Engel and Jerry Nadler even has a primary against him, and Brad Sherman, who Mort mentioned, this is going to be national. These moderate, moderate Democrats are no longer wanted in that party for leadership, no longer wanted for speaking out. In fact, they don't speak out. They don't speak out enough. They sit there, they do. Uh, I, I mean, my best comparison is Kathleen Rice and Lee Zeldin were both elected to the, uh, to the Congress the same exact year. Look how far Lee Zeldin has gone. In fact, Ron DeSantis was voted in that year, and look how far Ron DeSantis has gone. So it's time to say goodbye to these moderate Democrats. It's definitely telling that I, I think that there's going to be a shift in the um, in the landscape once again. You know, every couple of decades there's a there's an earthquake. And, you know, certainly this was, you know, in 2016, there was that presidential one. Uh, but w there are also aftershocks of things like this. And, you know, losing the House was an aftershock. But then there the aftershocks will continue because when you measure what was done uh, in the first two years of the uh, presidency, of th Donald Trump's presidency, against the last two years, you'll see that there has been um, a slowing down because of the loss of the House of Representatives. So that will fuel, obviously, um, you know, uh, the fight to regain control of the House. And again, I fully support Paul A. Duggan in uh, CD5 in New Jersey. And we'll talk about that as the season progresses. And you mentioned the Veterans Day Parade. So I have a very special opportunity for some lucky listeners. I am working with the Trump team, and I received uh, contact about helping uh, invite President Trump, welcome him, and hand out uh, Veterans for Trump banners and uh, posters. So if you are going to be in the area around 1130 tomorrow, 5th Avenue and 55th Street, 
please. I have a few um, people that I could let in and get a banner and be near the president. Really? Okay. So you've got, uh, they can ride your coattails into the uh, festivities or close to the festivities. I can't promise. I don't know everything exactly. I'm just following the orders I got from the uh, commander in chief. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my goodness. So Cindy Gross has been a, a contributor for two seasons. My goodness, has, time has flown, hasn't it, Cindy? Yes, because tonight will be my last appearance this season. Tonight is Cindy Gross' last appearance this season. Uh, like I said, every season I am um, surprised uh, by what Cindy Gross brings to the table. She's always uh, engaging. She's always uh, the the go-to person uh, to for to book great talent uh, and uh, great guests. And I'm very excited. She will be returning next year. And uh, I just wanted to th- thank her very publicly for all that she's done. She's a diamond in the Jersey Joe rough. And I really appreciate it. What are you going to do in the off season? Like now that you don't have Sunday nights to spend with me, what happens to Cindy on Sunday? Well, next Sunday, your listeners can join me at the ZOA Gala. <laughs> So when you, will you like upload video to? Oh yeah, there's going to be plenty of stuff, and ZOA happens to get a lot of the mainstream media, so I'm quite sure it's going to be all over social media and in websites as well. Plus, um, I'm going to be having a couple of major announcements, something tied to AOC. Okay. Okay. And so I, you're going to maintain your all of the venues that you're currently operating in entertainment, fashion, politics. You are all an omnipresent. Well, something that Mort did not say. I am bringing uh, with me to the uh, dinner next week two former housewives on the Bravo series: Jules Wayne Steen from New York and Siggy Flicker from New Jersey. They are both ardent Zionist, and I am working with them on several projects. In fact, we're going to be announcing a big project next week between me and Jules that's going to be uh, a national program. And I am working with several other celebrities on their uh, media and business strategies. And Great, I'm so you're not on, taking any time off. I'm and- working on three fashion shows already for February. Yes, so that's why she's here. That's why uh, I invited her on because she is, she dips her hands in everything, and she promised to uh, cook a meal for me one night too. With uh, so I'm going to join you and Peter at your place. You're more than welcome. <laughs> you know, getting me to cook is not a problem. I know. I feel very, very honored. So I look forward to that. And uh, again, many thanks to uh, oh, Cindy Tuesday. Gross. Speaking of cooking, I will be at Kosha Fest in New Jersey. Oh, okay, great. We'll have you there. Um, so uh, next week, uh, we promise another very, very interesting show. But I want to prepare everyone that December 1st, it will be the last broadcast of the Jersey Joe show for this season. And on that uh, last uh, uh, episode, we will have uh, Barbara from Harlem and B.B. Reed, who've just confirmed their appearance. So we close out Season six of the Jersey Joe Show in um, on December first, and I just want to make sure that everyone uh, comes to that episode uh, because, as always, we want to be your last stop on the dial here uh, for um, you know talk and politics and entertainment. So um, it's been interesting. This season has been a 
kind of a collaboration between many different people. Uh, and uh, we changed a little this season. We will continue to evolve. This is the Jersey Joe Show on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. <laughs>